This meeting is being recorded. Well, Don't remember that. No, that's yeah, that's that's new. That's new. That, that was never creepy. I before. I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Uh, welcome to episode 24 of the second season of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Rob Gilreath. Hey guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everyone. And Dustin Lindstrom will probably be joining us a little bit later, but he's not here yet. Our special guests this week are two former Huskies that participated in the 2021 IIHF World Championships, Alex Batan and Matt Roy. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, thank you. Uh, This week, we'll be discussing their careers and probably some other items about the current team and your questions. We did manage to get a couple of them, even though I didn't ask for any till about 15 minutes ago, because I was a little preoccupied with a date this afternoon. (laughs) Humble brag. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Uh, Am I missing anything we want to talk about, guys? I know a lot's happened in the last month that we probably could, but. Um, I think we should definitely touch on what happened to Bobby Moe. Yeah, we can talk about that for sure. Uh, All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll come back and discuss college hockey and uh, our two guest careers. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back. So let's get right into things with Alex Batan and Matt Roy. Uh, so where are you guys currently at? I know we kind of talked about this a little bit pre-show, but uh, so Alex, where are you currently hanging out? Uh, I'm back at my uh, apartment in Hungary uh, in a city called Sekes Berevar. Uh, that's, uh, that's where I played this past season, and it's where I'm going to be the following season as well. And that's the the Ice League or whatever that is? The It's got some yeah, gambling yeah, name? We, uh, our league. Bet at home? Yeah, our league just changed... Uh, Changed the big sponsor of the league. I did. Now it's the the Ice Hockey League instead of uh, the Ersta okay. Bank. It was All before. Right. And then Matt, where are you at? Uh, I'm out in the LA area right now, so I'll be I'll be out here for the summer for the most part. That's cool. I bet it's I bet it's nice and warm there, just like here. I think we got. I think today is the first day it didn't hit 90 degrees in like a week in Minnesota. Kind of crazy. Yeah, it's getting pretty hot out, but. Uh, Actually, it hasn't been too hot leading up to today, so it's been nice. It's good. Uh, so, Alex, how how did you end up playing in Italy? In Italy, I uh, I, I got my Italian passport uh, right around graduation time. I think 
after tech and um, just from previous coaches and, and uh, some advice from uh, some hockey people around the world just kind of told me to get my European passport if I could and, and it would open up some doors for me over here. And um, obviously uh, I did that, uh, but I still wanted to, you know, continue hockey in, in North America and, and, and play and play professionally and uh, gave that a go. And, and it was a good year. It was, it was a grind, but uh, I had a couple options of moving overseas kind of after that first year of professional and, and uh, made a decision basically, you know, it, it could have went either way, but uh, it ended up being a good one. And, and obviously the Italian team called because uh, I'm not considered an import if I play in the country. So it ended up uh, being a couple months uh, decision and, and I was in Italy and I was playing hockey over there and, and uh, it turned out to be a really good first season as we won the, the championship that year. So it was, uh, it was a great move for me. And, and, uh, and I, uh, I really, really happy with the decision. That I was made. with Balzano. Yeah. Yes. I can yeah. think, I can think of rougher cities to go play sports in and some decent scenery around there, I would imagine. Right. <laughs> yeah that, that wasn't that bad either uh I, I basically lived right in the middle of a vineyard it was kind of cool but uh, sure uh there, there's no short no shortage of wine drinking that year that's for sure and uh and then you ended up moving over to to the team in hungary in kind of a central european league now right uh, yeah, honestly, the it's the same league as I was okay. in, and Balzano is, is current, still in the league. It, we just changed okay. names uh, of the sponsor. and uh, But I did play a, a year in, in Germany in the DEL last season and uh, um, with Ezerlone Roosters, and, and it was a great year as well, great learning experience. And uh, just things happened. Uh, COVID really, really hit everyone hard, and, and a lot of things changed. For everybody and and uh the the best decision for me was to come back and in, into the league and and uh, uh the hungarian team showed a lot of interest and uh it was uh it was the way i went and then matt you 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 kind of just worked your way up and and got a chance with the la kings i think that's pretty cool to to be talking about somebody or talking to somebody that's currently in the nhl how did that all play out for you to end up with the Kings organization and, and everything? Yeah, it was uh, a little bit of a process. You know, I, I signed after my junior year um, at Tech, uh, which was a tough decision because, you know, I, part of me wanted to stay and graduate with my classmates, but I, I knew it was time for me to move on hockey-wise. So uh, I signed and then I went to Ontario, um, <clears throat> kind of learned what, what hockey is all about and, you know, had some ups and downs there and, Spent a little over a year and a half in Ontario when I finally got um, my call. And then, you know, luckily I had some coaches and management that believed in me and, you know, they gave me my chance. And uh, I think I took advantage of it. And uh, here we are now. Cool. And you're the the union rep for your team. Is that right? Yeah. So... (laughs) Uh, is, is that is that a punishment or well i i don't think it was meant to be but then covid kind of covid kind of put it all in a blender but uh martinez was the rep before and right before he got traded he had asked if i wanted to do it and 
he said, you know, it's not that much work. You just take a few phone calls and, you know, whatever. And then sure enough, a month later, COVID happens and we're having like three hour phone calls, two hour phone calls, like twice a week. And it was just, <laughs> it was a lot of work that summer, but luckily the, uh, the PA reps and, and other players and staff helped me out and kind of guided me through the whole process. Do you like that responsibility or, or not so much? Yes and no. I mean, obviously it's nice to represent the team and the players and I think it's a really cool opportunity to, to be a part of all of it. Um, you know, you definitely have to be prepared and you got to know your stuff for, for your teammates, but uh, I think I'm still learning, but it's, it's been pretty cool so far. And then what was it like for both of you guys to get to, to play in the, the, the world championships this year? I thought it was great. Uh, you know, I haven't seen Petey in a while, but uh, <laughs> it was great to see him. You know, I'm, I'm, I told him I'm glad he's doing well. And, uh, you know, to play against each other, I think it just made it even more fun. So I don't know what he has to say about it. Oh, it's good. The tournament itself was it was a cool experience, and yeah, seeing Maddie. I, I mean, I was so excited when when the U.S. announced their roster, and right away uh, I was like, uh, I was I was excited to talk to him and and uh, and see him out there. And and we couldn't really hang out that much because of COVID, and there was a lot of rules. But uh, we kept looking at each other on the ice during the game. I don't know if uh, we should tell too many people about that, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun playing against each other. <laughs> What was it done as like a full bubble style? Were you guys in the, it was all done all in Latvia and Riga, right? It wasn't spread out at all one spot, right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty well done. I mean, we couldn't really uh, leave our hotel or uh, we kind of went, when we did go to the rink, it was kind of right, right into the bus and the bus right to the rink and, and back and forth like that. But uh, uh, we were, we were in the same arena. So our dressing rooms were, we're kind of close to each other and uh there was a couple times where we were warming up or whatever it was uh just passing passing through saying hi quickly but uh i don't know we weren't really supposed to do too much uh with the other teams that's too bad that you guys didn't get a chance to hang out more but it's still cool that you both played and and uh i didn't get the chance to look it up because i was busy with my kid this weekend but was it right that alex you scored the first goal of the tournament I guess I did. Yeah. It was the uh, first game uh, of the tournament, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't really think Not about good. that, but uh, yeah, scored the first goal for, for our team. At least I knew that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, you guys got any questions? Yeah. I kind of want to start with Alex. So it is kind of interesting how you ended up on Italy, but one of my uh, biggest questions with that is that you know, we all know that Italy isn't one of the like powerhouse nations that's really expected to do much in that tournament. And when things started getting rough, how did you and your guys like handle that? Like, how did you take that into the next game and like try to use that and turn it into something positive? I think that was, that was one of the cool things about this, this year with the team was, uh, you know, we ran into a little bit of adversity with COVID before the tournament. We we were really close to not even being able to come because we unfortunately had some cases pretty close to, to the time we had to leave. And uh, some key guys were gone and, and there was a lot of young guys that had an opportunity that, you know, maybe they might not ever have an opportunity again to, to be able to play for, for the top club in, in Italy. So 
um, right, right then is as an older guy and on the team, you know, we were happy for those guys and you can just see it, how, how happy they were to be there and, you know, seeing guys that they watch on TV and, and for them, it's, it's, it's a really big deal. And, and, uh, so we wanted to try to stay positive as a, as a group and it started with the older guys and, and, and the coaches and we talked about it and, you know, obviously we were prepared that, uh, we weren't going to be, you know, um, one of the top teams in the tournament or at all. And, and we knew that it was going to be a tough tournament in general, but uh, I thought we handled ourselves really well uh, mentally and, and we stayed positive more so for our younger guys just to, you know, uh, show what it is to play professional hockey at that level and, and uh, just be proud that we're there and, and we play for pride. And, and it was a lot of fun that way. Matt, what was it like uh, getting to play Canada for the right to go to the gold medal game and then getting to play for, for bronze? Yeah, so I actually, in the quarterfinals, I <clears throat> separated my shoulder. So uh, I played about half of that first period, and um, I wasn't able to play Canada the next day. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I was around the team and I was around the guys and there was definitely a certain vibe around that game. You know, I think anytime, even when you're growing up as a kid, you know, you're an American team and you go into Canada for a tournament and you're playing some Canadian team. I feel like there's always a different vibe around those games. So all of our guys were really excited to play for it. And, uh, you know, we really wish we could have won that game and went out of the gold medal. But other than that, I mean, it was you know, we won the bronze, we beat Germany. And um, that was just such a fun experience. I mean, I think the bronze medal game is, is pretty hard to plan because you, you want to play in the gold medal game. But I think our team really wanted to win the bronze and come home with something. And, uh, you know, we had a great group of guys that got along. So I think we just played for each other and, and we had a great time. That's pretty crazy. I'm looking at it now that you guys played in the group that had all four teams that made the, like that whole group was basically beat up on the other group, huh? Yeah, we, we had a, I thought we had a tough group, you know, I mean, I know uh, Peter's team didn't finish that great, but uh, they definitely gave us a game and I know they gave some, uh, some other teams some trouble. So, you know, you, you can't take any team lightly and, you know, every, every player there is a professional and, you know, they definitely have a skill set and a work ethic. So I think in any game you go in, you have to appreciate that and respect that. And, you know, everyone has to be on their best. What's the selection process there for the U.S. side for this one? How does how do you get involved with it out of curiosity? And what's, what's that like? Um, <clears throat> this year, my agent just gave me a call and said that uh, the GM of the team was interested um, so I knew I wanted to go over there pretty quickly. I just had to take care of a few things and uh, let them know probably within a day or two. And from that point on, it was just a matter of getting my information and flights and all that. But um, I don't know if they do it differently in other years, but I know they just kind of casually reached out and sought out my interest level. Yeah, I've got to imagine the whole COVID piece of it makes it just uh... – a pain to deal with any of that. I mean, you guys have been, yeah, you've been traveling, you've been traveling around regularly with it and you know, when, yeah. when no one else has been in an airport basically. Right. So. Yeah. I think everyone's looking forward to getting over it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> 
Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about tech for a bit then. You know, let's jump that way for a, for a bit here. What what are your guys' I don't know, it's cool, just like favorite memories of, of you know, being at tech and playing there? Oh, there's lots of memories. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's just uh, I, the first thing I always think about when we talk about college with our buddies or whoever, I just can't believe that four years went by that fast. Like uh, uh, so many memories packed into, into four years that, you know, it's, it's almost like one huge memory. It was, it was so incredible that we had a chance. Uh, I know Maddie and I, we, you know, we were on the same team where, you know, we went to the tournament or we win the McNaughton cup. Uh, obviously those, those memories are, are at the top of the list, but uh, everything behind the scenes, the people that you meet and, you know, the staff and the coaching staff, uh, we were all so close as a group and uh, that's, that's what I take, take to the heart. And that's what I'm going to remember most uh, about being at tech, just the, the family, the family vibe that we got and, and uh, the group that we had uh, at least for, my four years in my class it was uh that 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 was my my favorite part yeah i mean same with me i mean obviously whenever you win something it's a lot of fun um when shane scored that goal in overtime uh, that was that's an awesome memory but um yeah just like al said if just kind of going to the kbc after games and hanging out with your teammates and you know, going to get pasties after a tough Friday summer workout, you know, I, those are the things that I remember. And, um, you know, we always had great teams, great guys in the room and the staff was great. You know, we, we hung out with our staff a lot too. So, um, you know, those are the things I miss and, and I'm looking forward to uh, remembering when I go back there. Yeah, I was just uh, mentioning before. I was just back home this weekend, and I picked up a dozen pasties that are frozen down in the basement now. Too, yeah. I'm not too far away. I'm in Wisconsin yeah. now, but there's definitely a dozen pal- a dozen pasties that have found themselves frozen into my uh, chest freezer in the basement. So somehow. I can't. Yeah, I'll ship them. Yeah. <laughs> there's a couple of places that I'll ship them. It's the the, the shipping fee is crazy, so we always yeah. bring a cooler back to fill. Yeah, right. <laughs> Raise we'll ship you as home, many as you want yeah, for uh, like fifty extra bucks or something. Right. Sold. Yeah, they should ask him if he ships up hungry. I don't know. Yeah. How about that one? I'm try. <laughs> no, you guys were part of a a transformational part of tech hockey, which you know, I grew up in I grew up in North of Houghton, have been going to tech hockey games since I could be carried to them, right? My dad's had season tickets since the early eighties. I've seen a lot of tech hockey. Y- your guys' years are uh really, really happy ones. <laughs> when we talked, you know, compared to some other folks. So it's, it was crazy to see one just steady winning hockey for a change uh, in the McGinnis after so many years of, you know, as little kids, we'd go and not really even watch the games. We just play, we just go play stick hockey down in the, in the bottom because it was the games were, they were brutal <laughs> at times to watch. Right. So those few years you guys were there are just absolutely fantastic. You know, the atmosphere was electric because the team was winning games you know, actually going and uh, being a part of a selection show and not just watching to see where the WCHA teams were going to go, <laughs> but actually seeing where you were going to go was, it was awesome. So those few years and, and the turnaround of the program that's happened because of that is unbelievable. It's been, 
it's been a happy, happy thing to watch as a lifelong fan of, of tech. Right, hockey. Good. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's not just the players. It's, it's the, the coaches, trainers, strength guys, the Suzanne, the athletic director, all the teachers helping us. I think they all played a huge part in kind of building it up and, and giving us the tools that we needed to, to succeed. For sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I think a big thing when Mel came in, he kept talking about changing the culture and, and uh, I think it started with him as the leader and, and he did a really good job himself in it and everyone else kind of followed his lead and, and uh, it started with, with him and, and the, the direct, the directors, like, like Maddie said, but uh, the support from, the city and, and, and the, the fans and the misfits and, and uh, you know, it was such a joy coming to the rink every Friday and Saturday and, and being able to play for you guys and, and for us as well. But uh, I had one memory, I guess, I think it was uh, sometime in the winter. I want to say it was a massive blizzard and we were like, Oh my, I don't know how guys are going to come, come watch us tonight. And I think it was when we warm up at like, five o'clock or so whenever we came to the rink I remember warming up and can't even seeing outside and then all of a sudden there was a lineup down the whole block of of people trying to get into the to the building at at like two hours before the game started so that that's one of the coolest things I, I remember about about that and and that's that shows the the support that that we had and it, it was all part of it you guys remember this logo did you ever see this one before? No, that was before their because they were. I know, but but I but they might have seen it, <laughs> but it's before their time. I know that. That's that's too old. I don't think I've seen that. Uh, that's the original Misfits <laughs> logo right there. Before we actually, because we got yelled at for that one and had to change it. <laughs> Are you surprised? Yeah, I don't know if I've seen it. Might be. It might be. I might have seen that sign somewhere, yeah. but uh, I don't know if I've well, seen that. That sign was in Bethlehem's garage for it. like five years. So. Yeah, the classic zebra with the stick up its ass. I'm trying, I keep pushing for them to remake that one. Yeah. I think we're going to have to make like a Mitch's Misfits alumni t shirt and sell it. <laughs> oh, whatever. We can sell it on our yeah, store. Honestly, at this point, we can get away with that. What are we going to do? <laughs> uh, so, so kind of circling back. So what was the reason that each of you guys picked tech? How did you end up there? Uh, I think it was purely the recruitment for me. Uh, Billy McCall started with Bill. Um, you know, he's a Vancouver boy and, and uh, he kept watching my games in junior in, in British Columbia and, he, you know, he loves to talk <laughs> and, uh, after every game, yeah. uh, he pulled, <laughs> he pulled me aside after, <laughs> after a couple of games and, uh, you know, it ended up being a 20 or 30 minute conversation as usual. But, uh, I don't know, a long story short, I think Mel came, came to Vancouver as well, which is, which is pretty cool. He flew all the way there and didn't even watch a game or anything. I think it was in the summertime just to, just to meet me and my family. And, and I didn't, didn't commit yet i don't think at that point so it was uh for me it was it was more how much they they really cared and, and wanted me at their school and and uh it made me feel really uh really good and um again i go back to the family feeling it's uh still to this day i still talk to bill and, and mel and, and the rest of the coaches every once in a while and uh right from the beginning it just made me feel really comfortable and then obviously visiting uh, was was really cool too. They took really good care of me, and 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 again, just just always always chatting, always making sure we we're we were feeling good, and and it started from there. 
Matt? Uh, for me, um, Damon went and recruited me out of the, I think it was midgets, um, my senior year of high school. Um, I went on a, a recruiting trip up to Tech and, you know, long story short, just fell in love with the place. I, I love the campus. I love the community. I loved how it was up north in the middle of nowhere. And uh, when I when I went there, it was after the season, so I wasn't able to see a game or anything like that. But uh, I just kind of trusted the coaches and everyone I met. And, um, you know, I, I, never pl- I never saw a game until I played my first one, which was – against Michigan and student <laughs> section was buzzing and I was like, Oh my God, this place is awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I knew right then I'd, I'd fall in love with it and, and it was great. So kind of circling on that, we've got a question from Marvin Wilson. He wants to know if either of you have ever been asked by prospective players or their parents or, coaches about your time at tech and 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 have you offered like unsolicited credit to help uh sell the program to anybody to get them to pick tech uh i haven't like nothing i can specifically remember but you know anytime people ask about tech you know i obviously tell them that i loved it there and if they have a chance to either go there or at the very least visit there. You know, I definitely tell them to work their way up there at some point. Yeah. I, I think I have a lot of conversations, I guess, with, with parents, cause I've, I've done some, some private coaching in, in the summer times over the years. And they always ask me, Oh, major junior or college. And, and obviously I'm, I'm biased, I guess, but uh, it's cool to compare because my brother went the other way and, and so I kind of, I understand the, the different avenues um, with respect to that. So I always, you know, say my experience and, and all my experiences with, at Tech were, were super positive. And um, it was kind of easy for me to persuade them um, to go the college level and, and, and experience that because it's, it's an experience that, you know, it's, it's so unique that uh, you get to do it for multiple years and, and uh, experience the school as well as being a student athlete. So uh, it was easy for me to, you know, say great things to parents or even players and young, young players that are just asking a guy that's been through it. And, and, and it was, it was, it's just, I love doing it. It's uh, I, I just can't wait to be able to come back to tech at some point and, and see it all over again. Do you guys talk to uh, Joe Sean much or the current staff at all? I talked to him a little bit. You know, I know during the year he's busy and I'm busy, but um, I'll reach out whenever I can. And I still talk to Tyler Shalas quite a bit. So he's probably the main guy I talk to the most. Okay. Yeah, I talk to Joey every once in a while. Mainly conversations start on like birthdays or he'll pop up on my feed and or uh, I'll, I'll see his, his face all the time on, what is it, the Joe Sean show yeah, Joe now? Sean is, R, yeah. is that what it's called? Yeah, you just, yeah, it's, it's nice <laughs> yeah. to just say hi once in a yeah. while, and sometimes we'll get into a, a conversation if we have some time. But, uh, yeah, Shell, Shell's in, uh, I don't talk to him that often anymore, but uh, uh, we always comment on each other's things, and we, we always bug <laughs> each other and make, make fun to just stay in touch. Mikey Stevens, actually, I, I chat with Mikey a lot uh, every every once in a while. I, I miss that guy, but 
uh, he's, he's, I'm happy he's, he's happy and, and it looks like he's, uh, he's having a great time down there. Nice. Um, we talked about this a little bit before we started, but Brandon Morzak wants to know, uh, how's your Italian, Alex? My Italian, it's, uh, it's actually not bad. <laughs> I, uh, I hope the Italians aren't listening to this, but, uh, no, I, I, uh, like I was saying to you guys earlier, it, it's a lot easier when you're, when you're waking up every day and all you hear is Italian in the dressing room, it's Italian. So you're kind of forced to practice and you, you'd be surprised how much you pick up and, and how much better you get, uh, uh, when it's every day. But, uh, if you don't use it, I think I lose it quite fast, but, uh, being able to speak French really helped me learn Italian quite, quite easily because it's fairly similar. So, uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Nice. And then our, our columnist, Old Dog, had a question for both of you. How does, the, how does pro hockey differ from college hockey in terms of the complexity of systems and schemes? Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Maddie. <laughs> I think it's a lot more structured. Like in college, there's, you know, I feel like some teams or some players kind of get running around a lot. They're just trying to take your head off, but. I mean, guys are still trying to do that, definitely. But um, I don't know. To me, it seems it feels more structured, and you kind of know where guys are at, both offensively and defensively. Um, and that kind of allows the game to be easier. Is not the right word because it's still really hard. But I don't know if this is making any sense. Maybe maybe Al knows what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it. I think the first time we saw each other a few weeks ago there and Maddie's like, oh, wow, this ice is big. And I, and I didn't really think about it because I've been playing on it for four years now. And, and I just realized, oh, yeah, you're probably not going to like it too much. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been on Olympic ice since we played Northern. <laughs> well, it, took me, it took me a couple of games to get used to that's for sure <laughs> yeah now, I guess the uh, I guess playing for me playing in the American League um, and, and the East Coast a little bit just the North American style is, is actually a little bit different than than playing in, in Europe just just because of the ice sheet and, and the style of play but definitely the structure is, is number one between college and, and pro um and Maddie said the rest, but uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Nice. You guys got more? I think the biggest thing you notice watching, besides the size difference, is you guys would get turned into walking billboards over there, whereas the, the guys back <laughs> in North America don't have the jerseys full of crap. <laughs> Hopefully you, you talk about that on your two-hour calls now, man, all the sponsorships they want to do? Oh, not yet, but... Uh, <laughs> Pretty soon. Oh, Pretty no. soon. We'll see. Hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, NBA's already got ads. Uh, the guys at Seymour Sports wanted to know, Matt, um, you won a Clark Cup with the Indiana Ice, right? Yep. Yeah. What was your favorite memory playing for the Ice? Other than, well, we'll say other than winning the Cup. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I was actually injured for like the first half of that season. So, um, it was actually probably one of the hardest years for me mentally just because I had never really experienced anything like that. But um, 
you know, I think moving into my first billet house was a lot of fun, kind of being on my own with my roommate in the basement. You know, we just kind of hung out together all the time. And, um, you know, we would go to Pacers games. You know, we lived in Indianapolis, so it was, we got to explore a new city. And um, our team got along great. So, you know, I made some great friendships on that team as well. Um, it's, it wasn't as tight-knit as – the college scene when, you know, you live with all your teammates basically, but uh, you get a little bit of the same vibe and, you know, I'd say just kind of hanging out casually playing video games with, with my teammates was the best. Nice. Give Tim, you know, he's got two strikes <laughs> now on questions to ask Matt where Matt starts off with. I'm I done. was hurt I'm at done. some point. No, let me think. How many more, you, more, how many more of those more. you got, Tim? Yep. Sorry. I did not prepare enough for this. <laughs> been a month it's the summer i'm trying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's always good to talk hockey stuff it's it's exciting to watch what do you guys think about the whole change i mean we're going from wcha now to ccha after all the reorg and all that stuff do you guys follow that much or is that something you you guys you know pay attention to at all or have thoughts on i don't know i mean for for me i i I guess i just kind of follow through the social media thing just from following the accounts and and scrolling through and, and obviously knowing that it's switched back but yeah I, I was I was a little bit surprised as because they I guess during our time they they made the, the big 10 and then that was a switch and now there's another switch so I was just kind of curious why, why. but uh, kind of cool I think it should, it's a lot of exciting excitement around from reading certain articles and whatever but uh, don't really know too much about it in depth but how about you guys? Is it pretty pretty exciting for you? Or it's it's weird to me. Like I said, I I grew up watching tech hockey, right? So I was used to Mich- or, you know Wisconsin coming in, Minnesota coming in. It was always a huge event. Like Minnesota would come to McGinnis, and you'd get like TV cameras and Houghton. Ooh, big deal, right? And so it's it, that was one of the real special things about the old WCHA, which you guys both played in that structure for you know was it when was the split? Was it after you guys left? Trying to think, think when exactly it happened. It was while well, you guys were there. I think it was just my freshman year. I, we had the old. Was it? Or did you play in that your freshman year? No, I never played. And did you? No, you didn't. I think my my first year was the last year. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's it, it's one of those things where it was one of the real, I think, interesting special things about college hockey is you had these old blue buds, you know, like Minnesota you know, like Wisconsin playing yeah. against teams in Houghton, right? That's that's a unique thing to college hockey for sure. And the old CCHA was the same way. Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, huge Big Ten schools mm-hmm. going up to play in Taffy Abel and, and Lake State, you know, not exactly where you think of folks from Ann Arbor wanting to go, but it's the way the leagues work. So it it made things super interesting and now we're kind of splitting up into that. Here's all the big 10 schools segmented off to themselves. So I think it's killed a little bit of the specialness of college hockey, kind of the, the fun that made, you know, the different, uh, the different programs have to travel to each other. So it's really interesting to watch, but it is what it is now. We mm-hmm. can't, can't change it. It's not going back. It's out of the bag. Right. So I think going to the CCHA now where it's going to be back to a more regional league, isn't that bad of a thing. I mean, it's more of a, it's a Michigan league. Basically, at this Michigan, point Minnesota for for the CCHA. You know, you're kind of kind of going to be in. Yeah, right. So it'll be back to to be in a smaller league, but it mm-hmm. does mean contraction too, right? Like we're watching programs fade, which sucks. 
it sucks that, you know, the Alaska schools are having trouble. Anchorage probably is gone. You know, Fairbanks is gone. I'm sure those are trips you guys can certainly still remember <laughs> and enjoyed, right? That's that's a fun flight. Yeah, those were fun times. <laughs> those were fun times. Chasing moose moose around the parking lot. That was fun. Did you guys ever end up doing the double when you guys were up there? Or did you guys just do single I think, trips? I think I remember, yeah. I remember we did – I want to say we were on a two-week road trip. <laughs> it was like yeah. two weekends in a row. Tough for school. Did you do the Thanksgiving – over Thanksgiving one when you did it or no? It might have been, yeah. It might have been one week of no school or something, but – yeah, yeah that, so that, that was my first Alaska trip too. Then I went up that year. <laughs> we, that was a, it was, a, it was go. a good time up there. We, we, it was fun going up just for that travel. So, but those programs are struggling now. And, you know, that's one of the things Matt mentioned in the beginning is, is Robert Morris is folding their program now as things, you know, contract a little bit. So there's teams getting added, but there's teams going away. So it's all changing. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, the point, writing was so. kind of on the law, on the wall for the it's Alaska schools before the switch was even announced, though, just with. Yeah. The, the whole state of education in Alaska right now is just ridiculous. Like I think their, their budgets were slashed by something crazy. I think the university systems were slashed by like 50%. And that's just across all education, like even leaving hockey to the side. So it's really unfortunate to see, and I don't want to see them go either, wow. but it's kind of the way yeah. things are unfolding yeah, in Alaska. Unfortunately, it, it was definitely fun going and it was, a, it was a really cool experience being out there. Yeah, Fairbanks is a city I think everyone should experience in the winter just once, just to say they've been up there. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. if you guys had time yeah. to, if they bring you out to the hot springs or not during during the trip with with travel as the team. But swimming out there at negative thirty five <laughs> degrees or forty degrees, whatever it was, is is definitely an unforgettable experience out there. But. No, we, we we decided to go to the North Pole where where Phoenix lives. Sure, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just down the road. You got to go south of the North Pole from Fairbanks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with with you know with schools and how how things change. If anybody else is going to come up and add or not, you know, the Tommy's coming up in in Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Is a, I'm excited to have them, so I have so a yeah a trip I can do with or without my daughter just down the road somewhere here. Does that even qualify as a trip for you? No, I mean, I can sleep in my own bed, but I do that for Mankato usually too, <laughs> just because it's cheaper. Um, so that's nice. I'm I'm really intrigued to see how how they do and 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 how much how much this changes perceptions of the league. I mean, I think how they did in the tournament last year, the teams that are moving. I think that helps a ton. It was a lot of fun to see oh. some Big Ten teams really, really struggle with some uh, yeah. some of yeah. our teams, some league's teams. Yeah. It was a good time to watch I, that. I don't. It's going to be a long time before uh, that. Was it Jeff Cox lives down that tweet complaining about the WCHA nope. getting as many teams <laughs> as Hockey East, and when in reality it was the Big Ten that shouldn't have gotten that many. Yep. But but we had no interleague play, so who the heck knows? You know, it was a weird year for all of that. And it's the very first year of my life I have not seen a tech hockey game in person. Yeah, me either. Well, yeah. I think that's I'm the only one here that doesn't get to say that I got to go to. I got to go see the Ferris games on a press pass. You're welcome. By the way, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> It didn't help that the couple games that I could go to were just the wrong weekends. So I thought about it, but it just yeah. didn't work out. So I'm, I'm excited to get to go to some games this year and then see what, uh, what Joey's got in store. I know he seems really excited on the last couple shows that he's done. So hopefully, 
hopefully the team gets starts hot and and can can build on that and and do something special this year. I I, I think they certainly have the chance to uh, try and come close to what you guys did. So I think that'll be cool to see if they can do it, especially in the new league with with some new stuff going on. So I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. The only other question I think I got is just from a, a player perspective. I don't know how much like you guys follow the kind of transfer rules and all that stuff and how it's changing, but now there's no sit out period in the transfer rules. Do you guys think that's going to have a negative or a positive impact in kind of how the college aspect plays with players being able to move teams easily? I think it'll be positive. I mean, I think, uh, you know, some guys may not play on certain teams and this gives them the chance to, you know, have a fresh start and go to a different team and compete and maybe help that team and, you know, try to beat the team they played on. So I think it'll be for the players and I think it'll, uh, you know, kind of help, help the games build a little more excitement. It's definitely interesting to hear the player yeah, side of things. So that's why I'm curious what you guys yeah, think. I agree. No, <laughs> good. It's all right. I think I've got one more question each. So we already kind of touched on Alex how how your uh, how your Italian was coming, and you know you're saying that from the French you took in school in Canada, it's it, it came all right to you. But you're you're about to go play in Hungary, and that language is a mess compared to anything you probably know. How are you feeling about going into learning that? Uh, I'm not learning nothing uh, over here. It's, uh, it's, it's going in the ears, but it, it's not uh, resting in the brain. It's, uh, it's pretty tough. And even, even if you talk to them about it, honestly, they, uh, they, they think that their language is probably one of the toughest languages to learn anywhere in the world. Um, I guess they, they compare it to a Finnish, like, I guess if you look at the Latin language, you know, you have the three top, top three Latin languages and they're all similar. Uh, I think Hungary and uh, like a Romania and uh, Finland actually falls into that category. Don't know how, uh, but <laughs> that's what they compare it to. It sounds completely different, but uh, I guess grammatically it's, it's similar, but uh, again, Finnish is probably another, very hard language to learn too. So uh, I just, I stick to my English around here and uh, it works pretty well. Yeah. Finn, <laughs> Finn and Hungarian are both a part of the Finno Urgit group, which is a bunch of tribes that basically came out of Russia at some point and migrated and they separated. There you so go. you wouldn't be on a tech podcast if there wasn't some nerd note about something at some nerd. point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, they are closely related. The only other one in, in Europe that's related to them is Estonian. And they are, they're different. I grew up in the UP, right? So I, I got yelled at in Finn by my babysitter. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. They're that's an adventure funny. of a language. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I wish you all the, all the luck with that. That's that I just looking at some of the stuff that just have pulled up on my laptop. It just looks like it'd be a disaster to learn. So I hear what you're saying where it's going to be. I just looked up the city his team was in and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I guess yeah, it's fun. I guess I'm not sure which direction I'm going to go. If this is more of a comment or a question to Matt, but we, as tech fans, we don't get to see a whole lot of our players move on to the NHL. So it's been really cool to see you get up there, get some consistent minutes, and really establish yourself as part of the uh, the lineup there. So I guess do you 
do you do you feel the support from back at Tech because we definitely have it for you and we we're cheering for you all the way every time we see you on the ice? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of messages on social media from from Tech fans and alumni, and uh, you know, some people might send stuff to the rink uh, for me, but you know, I can definitely feel the love, and obviously, I love them back and. Uh, I'm going back this summer for the last week of the hockey camp. So I'm, I'm really excited to be back there for the week and uh, to hit up my old spots and, and see all my, my old friends. Yeah, there. I don't have an NHL team that I specifically follow. I pretty much just watch when tech guys are up. You know, so I like, you know, watching the Kings with you guys, watching Tanner when he's up or, or Blake when they're mm-hmm. up. or the that, That's how I follow the NHL, to be honest, because I didn't grow up with a team really, even even up in the UP. Everyone's a Red Wings fan. and my, my parents aren't from up there, so – Tech hockey is the is what I follow, so you know it's it is really really nice. Like Matt said, to see some guys up there and get to actually watch, and it's always funny when you know like the announcers you know have to throw in a tech comment or something like that. You know, it's, uh, well, he went there. You know, yeah. you don't get that very often with us, so it is it is good to see. That's for sure. Yeah, whenever I whenever I hear the announcers make a tech comment when I'm around the guys, I make yeah. sure they know about it. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's really cool because, like, with all those other guys, like, we, we love the Tanners and the Blakes and all of them, but it seems like their time up in the NHL has been really sparse. You've been one of the only guys in recent memory that's, like, really put a solid foot in and really made, made an established, you know, like, you're an established part of the lineup at this point. That's really cool for our fan base to see. Yeah, thank you. It's <clears throat> It's been hard, you know. It's, it's not an easy league to, to get into and, and to stay in, but uh, I'm grateful for – all my opportunities and all the support I have. You got some more there? You got one more, Tim? Okay. <laughs> uh, so I got one question from from a patron, Nathan Fibke, our, our, uh, our patron saint. That's what we call him. That's right. He'd like to know if there are any ice chirps that are unique to other countries. So this is more directed at Alex, unless Matt got some at the tournament <laughs> this winter. <laughs> ice chirps, as in like in a different language or... I guess so. Yeah. Honestly, um, everywhere I've been uh, over here, uh, all the chirps stay in English, which is great. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's. Uh, I know maybe 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 the the players that you know speak Austrian uh, chirp each other in Austrian, but honestly, I've 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 seen that happen, and it's in English still. So it makes no sense to me, but it, they just speak English all the time on the ice, which is interesting. Anything else you got for those guys? Otherwise, I think we can let them go and talk about our tech stuff and Robert Morris. No, thanks for coming on, guys. Appreciate it. It's yeah. it's always fun to have different perspectives, and you know, you guys, I appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks, Alex, for staying up till two a.m. to uh, talk to us. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was uh, it was an honor to be on here and and uh, to be on here with Maddie. It was nice to see him last couple weeks ago and. Um, I'll be following tech as always. Good deal. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thank thanks, you guys. For, thanks for your thanks, time, guys. guys. Good night. Night. So, all right. I wanted to take a moment to talk uh, to touch on one thing. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from our patrons. You can become one at Patreon.com/slash Tech Hockey Guide. Um. I don't know the next time we're going to do a Zoom chat. We should probably get one lined up here shortly, but I haven't found time because summer's here and it's difficult. Uh, 
but the monthly Zoom chats that we've been trying to do, and I should stop saying monthly because they're never monthly, are available at the white level, which is just $2 a month. At that level, you also get question priority uh, for the podcast that basically if you ask a question as a patron, we're going to make time to answer it unless it's about Mega's lasagna or um, I don't know what are or girthy hot dogs i forget now yeah let's just let's just leave it at you if you ask a pertinent question <laughs> if you, definitely if get you ask a hockey michigan tech or ccha related question we will definitely get to it if you are a patron the other stuff is always nice to get so we have something to talk about but we might not get to it if we're running long uh if you have anyone you'd like to hear on one of our Zoom chats, let us know so we can see if we can pull that off. I don't really have anything in mind right now. Maybe the next one we should try and do is maybe uh, Pat Mickish or um, uh, I don't know, maybe like Tyler Shalast could be fun too or something like that. We'll see. Yeah, and I think one thing that's important for the listeners to know is that pretty much no one with an affiliation attack is off limits unless they're on bad terms with the university because pretty much no one says no to being on if we can get a decent amount of time and like preparation into getting them on. Yep. If we can find time, it sounds like our next guest on the podcast will probably be Don Lucia, if we can pull that off and actually get a time that we're all comfortable we matt to, do you have a we have to take time off of our actual jobs to interview don because it's work yeah, time yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh since the podcast started we've done extended versions of the podcast for our patrons at the black level or above which is five dollars a month at the gold level for ten dollars a month you get access to everything we've mentioned and the zoom video of our podcast before the rest is out. Uh, you also get an authentic MTU jersey patch for being at the black level or above, which reminds me I need to ship one out to Brandon. And then I need to order more because I only have one of each left now. But I should speak about this, wherever that article is. We've gotten three new patrons since the last time we spoke, at least. I don't remember if Brandon Morizak made the cut on the last one, but we added Robert Mackey, Mike Harrison, and Davin Kangas. Uh, thanks for your support, guys. I know at least two of you, I think, are at the $5 a month level, the black level or above. Um, so that's nice. They'll get the extended version of the podcast. This one's extended version stuff will probably just be this junk of us talking here in the middle because I don't think we're going to go too much longer but but yeah uh, what else do we, what do we want to talk about Rob just the I think the big thing that, um, that Matt was talking about was Robert Morris that's an interesting one I think we'll talk a little bit about that yeah and then we can probably touch on the roster my article about the roster a little bit yeah, I gotta work. And that's probably about it. Oh, and then I've got this lovely tweet from Brad Sloshman to talk about. Oh, what did he actually say on that we'll one? We'll start with that. Okay. I don't I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Ready, Matt? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna start here with the post commercial break, I guess, the extended commercial there. Brad Sloshman tweeted out. 
that uh, the full tweet looking to spice up the UP rivalry Lake Superior State coach Dem- Damon Witten's new contract offers a $2,000 bonus for sweeping the season series against Michigan Tech. Oh, really? <laughs> That's fantastic. I think having those kind of bonuses in there is, is, is cool. That's no. that's super interesting, actually. Full season sweep, hey? Yeah, so that's four games because we play them four times this year. Good luck, Damon. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah I, that's a nice bonus. Yeah, that's but, ambitious. Yeah. So I definitely think that adds some spice. And I also think it's cool that it's just us. <laughs> no, yeah, because the somebody re- Matt Wellens replied, "How much to sweep Northern?" And somebody said fifty dollars gift card, fifty dollars and a gift card to Antlers. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Or, we were just talking about Antlers yesterday when we were driving home because uh, my wife was asking what the restaurant was that we we went to when we were over there. We always go, we always go there when we're in the Sioux. Nice. Be funnier if it was like a fifty dollars gift card to Big Bonds or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. I did not see that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that Seymour Sports let us know about that. So yeah, I like that. Thanks. That, that uh, definitely That's made me giggle. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Not gonna happen, Damon. Sorry, we'll have to ask him about that if we ever get him on the show. Because I, I think our next two guests we're gonna try and get Don Lucia and Damon Witten on to talk about the CCHA and then Lake State season, and probably reminisce a little bit about the time his time at Tech and everything too. But. Uh, I think those will be a couple of good guests if we can make it happen here, which probably means the next two shows will be recorded on a weekday afternoon. Lucky us, right? Yeah. Like I said, as long as I know in advance, I can, I can make her happen. Yeah. Let's see. Did we get another Slack one or no? Another question? Or not Slack, Discord, I mean. Oh, I got those two. Was there one in here? No, just stuff about Dylan. So I guess the biggest thing that we have to talk about is the whole Robert Morris situation. Um, pretty, pretty shady stuff, honestly, once you dig into it a little bit more. Like, I don't, I don't understand how, like, two guys basically just said, hey, we don't need a hockey team anymore. Let's put that money somewhere else and just fold the team with no input from anybody else really at the university that that seems pretty sketchy to me and until that came out i was really like i personally was kind of fed up with these teams folding and the gofundme stuff because it's like we get we helped give all that money to huntsville and then they decided not to even try and play independent this year with all the support they have like i like it felt like to me that like I know they wanted to give Tyrone Bronte and players like him a chance to find a spot because that's probably one of the worst things about Robert Morris's decision. Yeah, I think when they happened is all the players have basically been screwed out of that. That's the harshest part about that for sure. And yeah. the biggest thing to me with it is that it just goes to show you how little those people in the administration understand or even cared about the hockey program there. Because even if, even if you're going to cancel it and you do it and give the guys time to, you know, spread out kind of as Huntsville did, right. You've taken a whole team of people and completely screwed them. I mean, not only are you killing their program, which is bad enough, but 
if you're going to do it, do it in a way where they can have the opportunity to continue playing the sport that they're playing at a collegiate level. That's just harsh. It is. And to that point as well, this was not a decision that was made with the blessing of the board of trustees at RMU. This was pretty much their president acting unilaterally and then giving each team a 10-minute Zoom call well after that transfer window was pretty much closed and everyone's got their team solidified for next year. So, and another thing to add to that is that both the men's and women's programs for hockey at Robert Morris are the two sports that have only seen like any real measurable success at that school. So they've managed to take their two arguably most successful programs on campus right now just throw them completely under the bus and then their players now have nowhere to go. And their women's program just won their league championship last year. Like it wasn't like they were going down. It was just a really unfortunate situation to see unfold. And I definitely see what Tim's talking about when he gets into, you know, nobody wants to see another GoFundMe like Huntsville where, you know, we give them all this money and then they still don't play the next year. But it really seems like the situation at Robert Morris is the, the community wants the team, but we've got a president that's acting unilaterally to shut the program down for who even knows what reason. Yeah. I don't really understand the decision at all because it, like you said, I mean, I know I've seen Robert Morris in my basketball brackets before, but I remember reading that they switched conferences and now it's unlikely that they'll, they'll be able to, to find a way to win whatever basketball conference they're in now. Um, but yeah, like the team that's actually had success, it's not. And then they've got the support of like the penguins, like the penguins had talked to Robert Morris, like people in the athletic department, like two days before this decision was made talking about different things they could do and this and that. And it's like, it didn't even come up like that. We needed to help save the program. Like you, you didn't like, Kind it, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of the the decision to drop football at Tech. Not that it was right. unilateral, but the same kind of thing where it was like the 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 outreach has been great and everything. I think the the athletic department and the university were more on board with saving football than Robert Morris seems to be with saving hockey in any way because it it seems like they haven't really cared about all the backlash that's come their way now um and it, it's hard because the you know it seems like they had a pretty good thing going they're like the only team in the pittsburgh area besides uh the penguins it just it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me well they also had one of you know as matt said that wasn't consulted to their board and one of the members of the board flat out resigned to the decision yeah and that was the uh, owner of the Steelers, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. I just knew it was someone on the board had. I didn't know who. I believe it was the Rooney? owner of the Steelers. That... I didn't know Rooney was on the And board. that's another thing to your point about the Penguins supporting them, is I believe that the Penguins are also a major donor to the institution as well. Yeah. So they so could have just made without a their bridge. input, yeah. too. Yeah. That's a, I think a National Hockey League team supporting your school is a bridge you don't want to burn. <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. Like if 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 like the Wild or somebody wanted to just throw a whole bunch of money at Tech, I'd switch my allegiance tomorrow. That's also just me, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely it, it does, it, it's another unfortunate situation. It kind of affects Tech a little bit too, right? We had a home and home with them, didn't we? 
Yeah, we were supposed to uh, host them next year. Right. So. After we had played there la- uh, two years ago, right? Yeah, I believe so. It was is what it was. Yeah, so. that was supposed to be part of our um, like special home schedule where like next year we have like six home non-conference games or something crazy if it all works out so yeah that that part stinks too um and i know yeah it, it it's just horrendous that it it was such a like the communication around all of it and the fact that like the coaches and the players had zero idea that this was even a possibility until after it happened right yeah that's the part that's crazy to me as well because at least like I mean, I know it's sad, but at least Alabama Huntsville, if you committed to go there, you kind of knew this was a possibility the last, what, five, six years, if not longer, that 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 uh, that the program has been struggling for support and everything else, and, and it wasn't quite there. And But yeah, to take a program that's been access- as successful as it has under Schooley and just kind of throw it away, and then on top of that, like you said, Matt like the women's team has done well for where they're at like I think the men's side can handle it a little better because we have seen some growth recently but the women's side could definitely use more teams I mean somebody I think it was Nate Wells pointed out something about how like the uh like Clarkson is now like the uh what was it like the third furthest west team or east yeah the third furthest west team after all the teams in minnesota or something like that because it's just minnesota the minnesota schools then wisconsin ohio state and then uh or must be one more because it uh and I made some comment on that tweet specifically about how the reason that is is because michigan doesn't seem to care about women's hockey enough like the right. whole state dude <laughs> and it irritates the ever-loving piss out of me because Michigan is one of the top producer of hockey talent in both men's and women's hockey, but for some reason we don't have any women's college hockey programs. So I I love how Alex's article a couple years ago ruffled some feathers about tech starting a team, but do it, damn it. (laughs) I would would willingly spend my entire weekend watching men's and women's tech hockey. Yeah. Well, I, I'd love to see it too, but it makes a crap ton more sense for me to see Northern or Michigan State or Michigan do it, and I don't know why none of them have. I I know, and I get that you know when you look at Tech, it's tougher for them to get it off, but like there's no reason why like Michigan State or Michigan couldn't do it, other than the fact that, uh, um, Red Berenson didn't want it, and I am guessing Mel doesn't want it, so great yeah i don't think it's gonna happen at michigan i think the only way it happens at michigan is if you if michigan state does it and it's just like this pressure of they did it we have to do it like we can't be and i want that to be the pressure when northern finally follows through on making their team i want that to be the pressure on tech when that happens and i'm ready to support one like i we we would totally talk about the women's team and everything else and for sure I know we've talked about at times after that whole article went out that we were going to try and do more uh, writing about the women's team. And I don't know whatever happened with that. Alex probably got too busy with other stuff, which is fine. Um, But like I spent 
We, my daughter and I spent like an hour and a half yesterday at a launch party for a semi-pro women's soccer team here in town. Um, so yeah, I'm all game. I want to support women's sports because I think it's important for my daughter to see role models in sports like I do. So exactly. And have you seen, and women's hockey attendance is, you know, it's something everyone likes to make fun of. You can go in there and it looks like you're at the Barry when they're playing somebody other than tech. Yeah. So like I get where some people have attendance concerns because, you know, hockey's an expensive sport. And if you're going to add another expensive sport, where's that revenue going to come from? But I would also make the argument that I think if you add a women's hockey team at Tech, they're easily one of the most well-attended teams in women's hockey. I, I don't know how much of a stretch that would be to say, but I think it's a community that would really take it on. Yeah, it's, it'd be interesting to see because I know um, you don't have the largest community to pull from and you're already spending a decent amount on the men's side. Maybe you uh, you get more you get a different group of people to come. I mean, obviously, I think you'd get some of the same students, but you'd probably grow that. Who the, what students decide to come probably changes a little bit with with that and everything. But it like I think it would be fun because you also create probably a different price point so that it is easier for a family to go to a game, and you and more than likely you're gonna have some group of misfits that still makes it a very entertaining place to be. And I could see a Michigan tech women's team kind of flourishing at, as far as like, like I don't expect them to be like Minnesota or Wisconsin, but I feel like they could quickly become a team that's, you know, like towards the top of the, the WCHA. And that'd be kind of funny to go back and be part of the WCHA again in some fashion. Um, it definitely would because that's definitely more towards the classic WCHA yeah. in that regard. But yeah, I don't know if we'd be one of the best teams quick, but I feel like it would definitely be one of the most supported teams. And this is a this is a question that I've gone over with my friends multiple times. There's a lot of logistical error, or a lot of logistical hurdles rather to go over with adding a new sport. Of course, especially when you know men's hockey's already king. You got to figure out how to slot them in. How we're still going to keep men's hockey attendance consistent how women's hockey is going to be a supplemental income without like making it a double header one price ticket for the same price so well then you've got the other issue that like you know michigan tech talked or suzanne talked about how um for those some of those games that got shifted we had to play lake state so early in the afternoon because the cameras were busy well is that going to be an issue if you had another hockey game on a Saturday that's already got women's and men's basketball, is the school going to have to invest in more cameras so that they can pull that off? Or are you going to have to have women's hockey at home on a weekend that men's hockey is not there? You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. It, it makes like there's there's this is definitely the kind of stuff that would need to be discussed if Tech actually does get a women's team like for sure but like if you've like watched a women's hockey game and like how abysmal their attendance is like quinnipiac's got one of the better women's programs out there right now if you i've watched a few of their games and it's like nobody got the memo there was even like a collegiate sport happening that day like usually you get at least parents in the stands for not the less well-attended sports but it's just it's sad, and I think we'd be able to add some spice into that hockey community. How is the the northeastern attendance? 
Um, it's actually pretty sad because like they used to be like one combined doghouse student section for like both, but then they kind of fragmented and the men's version of it got more organized and got a lot more support. Whereas the women's side kind of, they didn't get the right kind of leadership and they were dealt a tough hand to begin with. So just like the, the fragmentation and the politics kind of led it into such a way that it's not as good as it used to be, or it could be, but it's still among the better ones. It's just still not great. Okay. Just thought I'd ask since I know you have a relationship with that fan base. Yeah. I guess the other thing we can talk about is my article on the roster expansion that we kind of talked about and Joe touched on during our chat and on the Joe Sean hour the other week. Um I mean, I think the biggest thing to me was all the players coming in and then the whole, just the fact that Joe has expanded the roster so much. Um, I don't know. I think we talked about some of this last time, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Did we, did we, did we actually get to say the kid's name, the, the Swedish kid though? I don't remember Last time? that. Bit. I don't think so. I think that was after. This before. is the problem with not doing these things weekly. It's tough to remember what we've talked about. I know. On the last podcast, we did not, but you did write an article that you used the kids. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking at the article right now. So, uh, so I guess we can talk about him. He was on our short list. So there was a podcast at some point where we dropped the name Marcus Peterson. I don't remember when. I don't remember if it was Patreon only. I really don't remember at all because I'm not good at like keeping track of those kind of things. I guess one of the, so we got two things. Yeah. So Marcus Peterson is the kid that's coming in from Sweden. He looks like uh, more of a scorer than a setup man. Arvid was more of the setup man. So I think that's a good thing to add. Um, another thing I think we're talking about is Grant Doctor, if I'm not mistaken, somebody call me out if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure he was named defenseman of the year in the NEHL. That was correct. Yeah, so I think that's really good. I know we've talked about him quite a few times going back to, um, you know, like the fact that Dustin and I watched him in high school and, and Rob got to watch him too at the... Very the, cold times. Yeah, the very cold times in Bemidji <laughs> at the Hockey Day Minnesota stuff. Um, but it's nice to see him finally get through the adversity he's had in juniors because he's played... You know, he played on three different stint, three different teams in the USHL before settling into the wilderness this year and finally seems to have found his legs. Um, so hopefully he's able to take that learning that he's done on how to deal with adversity and grow at Michigan Tech, too, because I know he's got the skills to be a, a top four dispenseman and kind of a throwback to the, um, you know, the... Um, the the offensive defenseman scoring like he could be a, a Shane Hanna type of blue liner that that could be scoring a game winning goal in overtime kind of thing, um, yeah. So I, I'm excited to see him, and then obviously you've got Alex Nordstrom, the the local prospect, you know, related to the facilities manager and all that stuff. Like it's it's nice to see him. Like he'll he'll bring that that uh 
that grit and work ethic of a Uper. It'd be nice to have some more of that on the team. And then you've got Levi Stauber, the son of Pete Stauber, who was Joe's teammate at Lake State for at least one year. I forget exactly how long. Um, yeah. So I like what we're bringing in. I miss, I should mention Trevor Russell. He He's also coming in too. Um, and as I mentioned in the article, the Misfits will have to get a new flag for him because he's uh, from Tennessee. I think we have – they need like three new flags this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, we picked up Tyrone Bronte from uh, Huntsville, so there's Australia yep. there. That'll be one that's very unique. And we have another <laughs> kid that we need a new state flag for this year. Or am I getting confused if we had a couple new ones we last year? We had some last year where we needed them because of the fact that, you know – there weren't any. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't shock me. And I know anybody listening loves to donate flags, but what the misfits really need at this point is poles. <laughs> like if you can, if like it's, it's easy to send a flag, what they need is poles. Cause right now they're duct taping them to brooms and stuff. Let's really like set them up proper. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, one other thing I can mention that's kind of not related to this, and we'll get back to the roster. Uh, Bill Sproul reached out to Tech Hockey Guide. Apparently, he has a new book about Michigan Tech hockey coming out oh, okay. at some point this summer. So we got to figure out the timing of when the book comes out so we're closer to when it, I don't want to do a podcast and then the book isn't even like available to buy or pre-order till like two months later or something. So we got to kind of figure out the timing of when to have him on, but I think we're either going to have him on or have him do one of the, the zoom chats with us. So I think that'll be good. So yeah, I'm kind of looking great if we all had a chance to read that before having him on, (laughs) that'd be good if I can make time for that in the summer. (laughs) Yeah. So this little quick read. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to the next uh, to the summer here. We've got a couple good things lined up, I think. Um, I don't know. We're probably long enough anyway. I don't know how much breaks we took, but we're over an hour. My my, my, food, you know, my food's been here a while, so I'm okay with stopping whenever you guys are. <laughs> and if and if we're a little under an hour, like it's a summer edition. This is candy for the, also, for the listeners. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the sunshine is very bright. <laughs> it is yeah it's it's weird doing the podcast at six o'clock yeah, in the afternoon i know uh and for, for me it's it's seven and even that like if i can still see light was, outside we're doing pretty I good i did have one other question we need to ask from seymour sports folks uh how do we see tyrone bronte fitting in his speed is top end and makes your offense better right away is their comment winning face-offs Please. I hope so. I That's really say, well, everything else. Is, I, th- is I think. I think his speed and skill goes back to what Joe talked about on his last show about the one guy that asked talk talked to him about how how he felt like when he watches the NHL. You see a lot more offense built through the center of the ice versus on the wings, and we play more with our offense coming through the wings. And I think that's something that Bronte can do because he can really push the defense at the blue line and be aggressive through the zone to, to kind of force things and build more through the middle. And hopefully we get that from him. And then I know we should also be, I would think um, Matt Korsha can also do that with his size that he can power through the guys 
and and control things a little more in the middle. I think both those guys kind of add a different piece that we need at to help at center. And then hopefully we also get uh, Pietola to take a step up at that spot this coming year. For me, I don't want to open this wound too much more, but for me, the addition of Bronte really cushions the blow of the loss of Bantle. Like, being able to add that degree of like speed and skill and it's noticeable on a Huntsville team makes me really excited to see what he does on a Michigan Tech team where he's not required to be the only player worth talking about in a given night like I think he's got the skill to really do something special at Tech so we'll see if he makes me eat those words or if I'm right I would be really happy to be right about that I think I think we have a possibility that that Bronte has a very good year. The 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 harder part of that question is just how good of a year Bantle can have at Wisconsin. That you're always going to be wondering what, how much different things would have been if 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 he could have found his comfort level at Michigan Tech or whatever it was. You know, like like we talked about how much different the experience had to be for right. Tech players especially freshmen not getting to see a full McInnes and, and the misfits in in top form. And, and I'm really intrigued to see how, uh, like I'm also really intrigued, I guess, to see how the misfits are with a year off. Right. And with, and with the leadership turnover and, and all that brand new board. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be cool because I think one of the coolest things about the misfits is that it's a living organization. Like, I'm not expecting a lot of the chance that I gave to, to like live another five years. And it's kind of cool to see which ones they'll think up. So yep. we'll see what that gap year like forges out of them. And if, and if, uh, and if Joe needs some of us alumni to take a trek to Houghton, we'll do it. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm cool with that. I can just tell my work that I'll be driving my computer for a little bit in another location. I'll just have to get my, uh, Oh, my no... mom to come up so somebody can can stay in the room when I want to be out <laughs> hanging out with people after the game there... if I bring my daughter. So I don't think there's any Good way time. that uh, the first game back next year will not be attended by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. But I'm, I don't I'm gonna do my best to make the first three weekends of the season because I Madison's always a time. I always try to make it back to Houghton for opener, and I haven't been to Shield at Clarkson yet. And I feel like that's going to be an experience too. Yeah, so I'm going to Madison. First three weeks on my schedule. Anything else, guys? No, yeah, I'm happy. No, I think that's good. I'm gonna go find my dinner. One minute remaining in the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting Patreon.com/slash/TechHockeyGuide. Patrons at our black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Patrons at the white level or above get access to the monthly Zoom chat featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, and more to come. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, we picked up new three new patrons this, this uh, last month-ish. Uh, Robert Mackey, Mike Harrison, and Davin Kangas. Thanks for supporting the podcast, guys. You got two shout-outs today if I don't edit the other one out. Uh, you can submit questions to our email address, chasingmac at techhockeyguide.com, or send a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash chasingmacpod. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Uh, with the drop of this podcast, we should hit 6,000 listens, I believe, which is pretty cool. I think we're about 50 away, so that shouldn't be a problem with after this one drops. As always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our new introduction. And we also get to add our new little outro thing, which will you would have already heard about 15 seconds ago, I guess, by the time you hear this, if you're still listening, which nobody does. And our patron saint, Doc McRezen, for his generous donation to get things running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankynotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha